Hello, I'm Victoria Derbyshire. I'm a journalist, a mum and a breast cancer survivor. When I discovered my right breast had dropped lower than my left and the nipple had become inverted, my life changed forever. I'm in hospital, as you can see. I'm in a hospital room and today I had a mastectomy. And I feel all right, can't believe it. I went under the anaesthetic at about quarter to 11 this morning and woke up at about quarter to three because I remember looking at the clock and thinking, oh, children will be coming out of school soon, my children. Um, and I feel all right, I can't believe it. I know from those of you that have got in touch with me over the last few years that many of you have experienced one of those moments too. Oh, you, you know, you know that feeling, you know, the, the, that sinking feeling. And I was assuming every position you can imagine trying to make me not feel that lump. I feel like I'm living in a surreal time, time warp. The cancer diagnosis was um, earth shattering. And there are many who will face something similar in the future. This podcast from the Future Dreams charity is called And Then Came Breast Cancer. And it's for all of you. It's also for the families, the friends, the oncologists, the nurses, the carers who love and support you. This was me after my very last radiotherapy session. I feel elated. I feel liberated. There are so many people I want to thank, and most of them work for the NHS. The diligent and utterly charming radiographers who I've got to know over the last few weeks. The brilliant oncologist who will review my treatment in a few weeks' time. The registrars, the anaesthetists, the nurses in the chemotherapy ward who were such a laugh. The, the wonderful breast cancer nurse, Utra, the amazing surgeon who I go and see again in the summer and hopefully he will say, well, logic will dictate you're cancer-free now, but I'll see what he says at my appointment in the summer. We're gonna talk honestly with people who will share what they've learned so they, in turn, can help you. Honest, yes. Truthful, yes. Using plain English in simple terms. But we're not gonna be gloomy or despondent. No tears have actually been shared for a diagnosis of cancer. Sorry, sorry, Corinne, you haven't cried since no. since getting the diagnosis? No, not at all. I haven't shed a tear. I've no normally, are you, are you an emotional person? Oh, I, I cry at uh, cowboy builders. <laughs> <laughs> we won't sugarcoat anything. I know that no one is guaranteed a happy ending to their story. But we will find out over the weeks and months ahead just how bright the light at the end of the tunnel can be. How did you find out that you had breast cancer? So I was going to bed on a Sunday night and getting undressed in the bathroom. I think I'd had a bath and I just looked in the mirror and my right breast was about two inches lower than my left. Oh, I have a boob lower than my other boob. Do not worry. Okay. Has it always been like that? Pretty much. It's been like it for a long time. Yeah. So that's your normal. When I was in that castle in Wales doing Arma Celeb, I had a chat with Jess Plummer, the former EastEnders actor, about the day I knew I had cancer. So many people got in touch with me after that show to say that they, too, hadn't realised that there isn't always a lump to suggest that you have a symptom of cancer. I've never had that conversation before in my life with anyone. 
It's an honour to feel like she could be that open with me. Whereabouts on your breast it was, was it? All over, it was disparate. It wasn't a lump. It was like, how would I describe it? If you had loads of string yeah. all messed up, oh. it was like that. Right. It was sort of long bits and it was all over all the place. Over. It wasn't a solid lump, mm. which is why you need all that chemo and then targeted radiotherapy. And that's why you didn't feel it oh, before yeah. you saw it. Exactly. Because yeah. there's not a lump. No. But it's so important because most women think you're looking for a lump. Actually, you're not. You're just looking for your old exactly your, yeah. your breasts looking different to how they normally look right do you know what i mean it's but if you get it early it's totally doable i said to jess that reporting symptoms really early is so important she said she'd make sure her daughter would grow up knowing that and then came breast cancer is for every daughter every mom every sister grandma the men in their lives and their families during this series, we'll try to cover as many areas as we can, although even if we did 100 episodes, we still won't be able to cover everything. I learned really early on that what happened to me is just my story. There may be similarities, maybe aspects of my feelings and emotions and my treatment that will chime with some of you, but my story is just mine, as yours is to you. In the next few episodes, we're going to talk about cancer in the time of COVID. Um, I had a routine mammogram two days before our first lockdown um, I was called back and went to an empty hospital in an empty waiting room to be given the news that I actually had breast cancer, multifocal breast cancer which was quite rare and the options were not available to me then to be um, offered reconstruction surgery or anything like that it was just a case of a mastectomy as a day case, which I don't know if I can say this, Victoria. I, I, I learned to call it my whip your tit off and we'll deal with you later. <laughs> and, and that you can definitely how... call it that. You can definitely call it that. Cancer and faith. You know, the church, really, it's the people, I suppose, um, but also <laughs> that the faith. I was, I was given um, anointing of the sick. And, you know, as a Catholic, I think that's the one sacrament you think, oh, well, I'll never get to, to have that one. Cancer and your body. Well, I always felt um, I was really proud of my body and um, meaning my boobs mm -hmm. and my hair. And um, and I think it was a really big loss um, suddenly finding that I was using my hair and also the um, I've had a double mastectomy. Um, I think it defeminizes you for a while. And then I think you, you, I mean, I personally work really hard at keeping my femininity, keeping my makeup on, you know, keeping my hair looking as good as I could. Um, it, it, it's, it's a real tough call for a woman. It's like a double whammy. Mm. It's like getting cancer and then not looking as, as good as you, you normally feel. Cancer and your family. So when I was 11, my mum died of breast cancer. Um, she was only 42. It was, it was incredibly difficult at the time. And uh, I, I was talking to a friend last night who's, who recently lost her mum. And I was saying to her, I don't know of any age where it's good to lose your mum. Uh, but 11-year-old, it was really tough. And, and had it, has, has it had an impact on my life? Oh, 100%. You know, when, when somebody um, dies of a, of a cancer, 
where um, there is treatment and, and, and we've moved so far now, um, far forward. And so me having the diagnosis so early is, you know, because of my mum. So, you know, years later, she's still got my back and, you know, it's pretty, pretty lucky. Cancer and your community. People from my community sort of said, oh, I don't, how the hell have you got cancer? You're only 30. Yeah. You know, how, how comes, um, you know, black people don't get cancer? Mm. You know, that was one of the things that was said to me from the very get-go, within the days of being diagnosed. So if someone says that to shock. you, Leanne, what, yeah, well. what, what, how do you respond to that? <laughs> do you know, it'll be different now. But at the time, <laughs> you know, I was in so much shock you know, after my diagnosis anyway, um, what do you say? But I'll tell you what it does create. It creates almost a sense of blame and it makes an already increasingly difficult journey 10 times worse because for some reason you believe, instead of thinking, oh, cancer is just an awful disease that some people are really, really unlucky to get, which we all know that is the case. Mm. No, it's for some reason, you know, you almost feel like, oh, well, I, well, I, well, I'm to blame for my cancer. I've done something wrong cancer and work. When I first got diagnosed, it, it was one of my first thoughts. I'd worked so hard to get to the position I was in um, within the police. And um, so I actually text my the deputy assistant commissioner and the deputy commissioner saying, please don't write me off. You know, I'll be back. I'll be, you know, this is treatable. I'll be fine. Um, and they were amazing. Um, this is the Metropolitan Police. Yes, yeah. I had um, a welfare officer allocated to me and they kept me up to date with everything that was going on at work. Um, they kept my position open and just put someone in temporarily. Um, and uh, while I was still off, I was having radiotherapy. Uh, they supported me for promotion. So when I got back to work, um, I was still having immunotherapy, but I sat the board for um, chief superintendent and passed and uh, was promoted within um, what, f- four months of returning to work no. uh, to, de- to detective chief superintendent. And I haven't even begun to scratch the surface, have I? There are so many stories to tell and so many experiences to share. And somewhere in there will be something that might help you. Maybe it will be an audio equivalent of the light at the end of the tunnel. Do subscribe to And Then Came Breast Cancer, brought to you by Future Dreams. Now, this is a charity that was formed by mother and daughter Sylvie and Danielle, who were both diagnosed with breast cancer and wanted to make sure that nobody should have to face it on their own. Really, really sadly, they are no longer with us, but they would have loved the idea of this podcast. Sharing your problems, sharing your experiences, talking through some potential solutions, preferably over a cup of tea, was a philosophy they held dear. And I'm not going to argue with that. You can find out more about Future Dreams at futuredreams.org.uk. I'm Victoria Derbyshire. Thank you so much for listening.